welcome, welcome back. Episode two. Episode two. Wow. Yeah. Why? Well, yeah. Yeah. True. Not to doubt ourselves, just no, to no, say no. that. Yeah. We put things off a lot. There of definitely time. was some technical issues in the last episode, so we apologize for that. We are working on it. It will get better with time. We're figuring things out. But welcome back to the studio. Welcome back. I'm glad to be back. Yeah, so I'm really, really excited. So interesting. Oh my gosh. Um, my pen. Oh no. Clear. Clear. <laughs> yeah, so today we just want to talk more, more in the way that we would normally speak to each other yeah. about stuff. Get more comfortable. And yeah. I think this is a topic that we have discussed so much over the years. Yeah. And it comes in like everywhere. So we're more comfortable with it and we can just can just flow. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so Obviously, the topic is feminism. Oh, the topic is feminism. <laughs> um, okay, th- this is what happened. I recently, by recently, I mean yesterday, <laughs> watched a, um, a girl. What? What do you? What would you? What would I call it? She it performed was, a play. Yes, she, she performed, performed a poem. poem. Yeah. She performed a poem. It was beautiful, and it just ignited the raging feminist in me again. <laughs> and I absolutely agree with her and her views but then on that topic I have always kind of just viewed myself as a feminist Mm. since learning about it Mm. and gone with it I guess but then I also realized that that's not everybody's point of view and so yesterday I also watched a very interesting I think it was a TED talk with a lady that said she's not a feminist which, first of all, shook me. It's shocking to hear. Yeah, shook me to my core. Yeah. And she's a, I, I believe she's a gender studies um, professor at some university, which is even more shocking to hear. How can you teach gender and human sexuality yeah. without being a feminist? But her argument was kind of interesting. She argues that language is powerful, obviously, mm-hmm. and that English, most languages are binary. Yeah. And so we exist in the binary because of the language that we use. And so her argument is if we change the language, we change movements. And so she refuses to say she's a feminist, although she believes in equality, because she believes that that's inherently a gendering word and that it genders the movement. Mm. And she doesn't agree with that. So she doesn't believe in feminism, but she believes in equality. So she's an equalist. Amazing. I really do think that's where the movement is going, actually. Like, now that I think about it and yeah. the way you worded it now, because, like, I mean, even when we were studying and, like, discussing feminism and all of that, and, like, remember we were actually, like, going through studying feminism and all of that when um, the Men Are Trash movement happened. Yes. And then that was a big topic because, yeah. I don't have to be liberated in the same ways that you are because I don't feel oppressed in the same ways that you do. Yeah. And so that, to me, is where it really clicked. I was like, oh, that's such a beautiful sentence. Yeah. Jeez. Say it again, say it again. What did I say? I don't have to feel liberated in the same ways that you are because I don't feel oppressed in the same ways that you are. Whoa. But it's the truth because it's the truth, yeah. in, in Spanish culture, the way that women feel oppressed is very different from the way that I feel oppressed in Afrikaans culture or right. in English culture. Or although, although there are um, similarities, similarities there, there's always going to be differences. Yeah, but that doesn't mean... Also, I can view something like... Uh, this, is a, this is also something very controversial, but um, a lot of the time, feminists who aren't intersectional, who are very two-dimensional feminists, will say stuff like... Very first wave feminism. Yeah. Yeah. We'll say stuff like Muslim women are oppressed because they have to wear hijab. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You see, that's what I mean. That intersectionality to me means that if you want to wear a hijab and you're comfortable in that, you absolutely should. And if I feel that it's oppression, I shouldn't. Yeah. Dude, that's exactly what it boils down to for me is just let women do what they want to do. Let everyone do what they want to do. Let Let's just be equal. Let's just have the same rights in doing those things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think that's a big argument. I, I argued with, not argued, I debated with a girl one mm-hmm. time. Um, and her debate was the free the nipple movement is silly because as a girl, she doesn't feel that that's important. And she feels that there are more important issues in the world to argue for. Right. And well, obviously that's a very flat argument because mm. 
yes, there are other important issues in the world to argue for, and people are fighting for those things, that doesn't mean we can't fight for other things. Yeah. But also just because, like, once again, just because you don't feel oppressed in that way doesn't mean other people don't feel oppressed in that yeah. way. And the thing is with things like Free the Nipple is it seems, okay, this is my problem with a lot of, like, feminist movements and mm -hmm. stuff. On the surface level, it seems, like, very arbitrary. But once you start actually getting deeper into it, then you understand, like, the severity of yeah. the whole movement. Once you confront the ideology of it, yeah. why is it that a woman cannot show her nipple, but a man can? Because... Yeah. There's nothing, there's nothing different between the nipple. It's the breast. Yes, we can show, yet we can show the breast tissue. That's not controversial. Yeah. yeah, it's the whole, it comes down to just objectifying women and... But also the equality of it. Like, and the if we want equal, equal rights, equal social standing for everybody, then those are little things that have to change that can seem arbitrary, but they're not equal. Yeah, but that's the thing also a lot of people like just see it as arbitrary and then they like write it off as a dumb movement and then that's that yeah nobody goes deeper so yeah that needs to change somehow yeah i think it's important and discussions like this is how it happens discussions to say Definitely, yeah. this is such a little thing to you and it's not important to you but it's important to me because of this and to listen to other people because mm -hmm. i think like once again with the muslim thing a lot of feminists simply go with what they feel. So like, if I'm just a white girl living in my world and I'm a Christian, whatever, and I, I'm like covering my body in specific ways is very oppressive and someone's telling me that and I assume the same for you without ever having a uh, conversation with you about it, that's gonna lead to some issues. Right. And I mean, just thinking about it from like, like you said, different points of view, like we grew up in different families, completely different cultures, all of that. And even within, the same culture like different families are going to have different dynamics absolutely so yeah you can't assume yeah other people's oppression just with, like <laughs> me and you there's so much like there's a lot of similarities we're the same in a lot of ways we think the same in a lot of ways but like we said we're very different people in mm -hmm. terms of like how we actually exist in the world and how yeah. we present ourselves like I am from South Africa. I am white. I was raised in a Christian household. I, all the stuff, I'm whatever. I'm not married, whatever. You're married. You're Muslim. You're uh, um, grew up Catholic. You're an immigrant. <laughs> Latina. So those all things, of these things. So those things inherently are going to create differences in us. Yeah. And so if I go, I think marriage is oppressive. And you're like, well, I like being married. Yeah, I'm liberated. That doesn't being mean married. you're not a feminist. Yeah. Exactly, and that's why intersectionality is so important. Yeah, and so I think the new equalist movement, if it's going to be called that, is just intersectional fem feminism, but in a new approach. Just worded differently. But to make I, it more accessible, I think. Yeah, and I think it's important. I don't disagree with her argument. In the beginning, I was kind of defensive. I was like, how dare you say that about feminism? And then I was like, actually, you're absolutely right. This mm. is the truth. And if, we, if I'm a person who says, I hate the binary, the binary is dumb. I can't be like, no, but there we should create more binary through language. Because if we're saying the binary is the binary is rooted in language, we should be open to changing our language to allow it to right. disappear. Yeah. So I was part of someone's doctorate study, which is so fun. Um, he was doing his well, I don't know if I'm allowed to share everything. So I'll just give a general. Um he's doing his doctorate on well. His honors and masters was on this, so he's just cool. elaborating further on it. Um, Beyonce and her, like, visual album Lemonade and just, like, feminism in that and intersectionality in that and all of that. So we had really interesting discussions. And he asked me some questions that I was like, whoa, I don't know. So I want to bring it up and see what you think. Okay. So he asked me, this is obviously thinking of, um, Lemonade and mm. Beyonce, popular culture, all of that. He was like, what do you think is intersectionality's role in, yeah. in pop culture? I think the role is to show the different points of view, to show that what oppresses me doesn't oppress you, and to mm -hmm. show you being liberated in those choices that you make mm -hmm. that I view or could view as oppression. Mm -hmm. And to I think intersectionality's point is just to highlight the differences between us without separating us i think this is the one thing i didn't agree with with this lady who had the TED talk about equality yeah um 
the binary I agree with, but she also said that she doesn't like the fact that it genders people because then what it does is it only highlights the differences between genders instead of showing the similarities. Mm. I think, yes, similarities are important, but I think it's so important that we know the differences. Right. And it's so important that we view them and that we see them as important without seeing them as an opposing like weaknesses and stuff. <laughs> Yeah, or a yeah. threat. Or threats. Or like something that's violence or whatever. It's so easy for us to view other people and not understand their views and their way of life and therefore to see them as a threat or to see their way of life as violent. Um, I think we spoke about this in third year as well, where I think it was that said, to some people, words are violence or words can be violent yeah. because if you oppose something, that is violent in in the nature of it. Yeah, because so violence, violence is, sorry, violence yeah. is a disruption. Yeah. So if you disrupt someone's normal way of life, that's violence, right? Exactly. So okay. it doesn't necessarily have to be physical. But if I'm, this is the only example I use because it's the easiest and most accessible to me. If I'm a Christian woman who's only been Christian ever, and now a Muslim lady is there, and she's not explaining anything, she's not... And she doesn't have to. Mm -hmm. It can very easily feel threatening. Look yeah. at this person living their life so differently. It's a threat to my way of life, whatever. And I think it's so important to change that ideology and to go, you are so different. What is mm. different about you? What makes you this person? Dude, that's so deep. You know, this really just triggered me now. <laughs> I have a memory of, I don't even know where we were. My mom and I were like at some family friend gathering, whatever. And some random lady that I've never met was there and we were all just talking, whatever, you know, cute. And she's asking me about myself, whatever. I'm like, yeah, I'm engaged. Cool, cool, cool. And then she was like, oh, because everyone is drinking. And she's like, you don't drink. I'm like, no, I'm Muslim. And she goes, you're Muslim. And I'm like, yeah. And she goes, you're going to kill your mom. And I was like, what? <laughs> do what do you mean, mean you're going to kill your mom? She was like, how can you do that? And I was like, um, I'm just happy, you know, <laughs> living my life. But what, 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 okay, what did she mean by that? Did she mean that you being Muslim is a shock to your mom? Or I don't know, but like, that's the thing. Because then after that, I just changed the subject and then I walked away. But then I was reflecting on it and I'm like, what did she mean? Did she mean like, I'm going to like, what you said, shock my mom? Kill her? Or does she now see me as a terrorist? Like what's going on in this lady's mind? And that really was, yo, I forgot that even happened. But like you see... But that's triggering. That's absolutely triggering. How can you do that? But, but that's it, exactly what you're saying. Like, you're just... I'm existing and that was violence towards her. Yeah, because I was interrupting her way of life and her yeah. thought pattern. Because also, if you're going to... If if her hegemonic ideology in her brain is that Muslims are terrorists and now you're sitting in front of her and you're this girl and you're just living your life and you're not a threat to anybody, you're just living. That is violent towards her ideology. Yeah. So deep. It's, it's important that we change our mindsets around other people and the differences between us. Something that I think is very interesting on this topic is Midsommar. If oh, you've, our favorite movie. If you've not watched Midsommar, I highly recommend that you watch it. And I don't know if this will contain spoilers, maybe. So yeah. if you haven't watched it. Go watch it and then Come report back. back. <laughs> but um, I think it's important that we also look at that, right? Because there is a point where, for me, the thing I took away from it some more mm -hmm. was how far can we defend actions through culture? So at what point right. do we say, okay, this is actually just wrong? Yeah. Or we stick to, this is culture. Right. That's hard, right? That's a... That's a difficult boundary to manage. Yeah. That's also where intersectionality comes in. Like, I think you also have to differentiate. Well, I don't know. I'm sure this happens in other cultures. But like, for example, in a lot of um, Muslim communities, the culture and religion get like so intersected. I don't even know what muddled. word to use. Muddled. That you, at some point, and that happened to me. Because, I mean, I wasn't born Muslim. Like, I came mm -hmm. into the religion and... Obviously, the way my husband's family and all of them do, like, Islam or whatever is different to others. But they also kind of muddle their culture. Not as much as others, but they mm. muddle culture and religion a lot. 
that sometimes I really have to just step back and be like, guys, but... Is this part of the religion or is this just a cultural practice? Yeah, I was like, what? This does not make sense. This is just a cultural thing. And then I would tell them that. And then now they're shook. They're like, what do you mean? Because <laughs> yeah. they grew up with it being like that. So It's true that culture yeah. can become very muddled with religion. I think in all ways, because it's it's so easy to... And obviously anything else, like political views no, yeah, whatever. Course. But, but yeah. I mean, religion specifically, religion is... It kind of gives you a rule book on life. So mm. it's going to muddle your your perception, your actual experience of living life because you have to apply that to living your life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So now sometimes things happen in your life and you're like, but this is part of the religion. No, it's not. It's not. Mm-hmm. It's not. So, yeah. I think that also comes, obviously, in, yeah. um, in Midsommar. Like, is this your culture? Is this your religion? Like, is it yeah. right? Is it wrong? What's going on? Exactly. And so I think it's also like that also becomes, can become violent in some ways because to... To me, if violence in religion can often be very simple or in culture, whereas other people, so I, I would say, I would look at something, say for instance, slaughtering animals, right? Mm-hmm. To me, I'm like, oh, that's a violent thing. It's shocking, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so to me, it can easily be like this, this culture, not to me specifically, but I mean, people who, who have my kind of mindset if they don't think and don't apply that logic they can easily go well that's violent and that's wrong and these this group of people is absolutely wrong instead of going okay what are their views why do they do this what is dude i've heard that so many times because it's it's a common practice in many cultures and religions even many many and i mean dude if but everyone meat, has like you have yeah. someone has slaughtered your meat you yeah. know what i mean so, but everyone has different like kind of reasonings for it and yes. i think that's also important because yes many cultures do it but just because you know why one culture does it doesn't mean you know why every culture why does every it. culture yeah yeah but also i've heard people that are not of those cultures say things like it's so primitive mm. that people are slaughtering like and i'm like guys but okay <laughs> to you <laughs> you have yeah. me to you but in western culture we like things to be very clean yeah and so it's it's easier for people to consume meat when someone else is doing it. They don't have to see it. They, they don't, don't have to, have think, to about, it, think, about think about it. it. They yeah. buy it in a perfectly neat package and it's done. Yeah. What when people actually have to participate, it can, the lines can get crossed very easily. Yes. But I think that's what's important in Midsommar. Like they, they show it beautifully that by the people that sacrifice themselves, to them, it's a beautiful practice. It's just a part of life, a, a pr- progression to them. And if you watch it, I think it's easy to sympathize with that. I don't think it's hard to look at that and go, okay, mm-hmm. I guess I can see why they did it. That doesn't mean you have to agree with it, but you can kind of see, you're like, yeah, okay. That's what's so beautiful about that movie, I think, mm. that it shows all this violence in a way that it's beautiful. You, it's beautiful and you can understand it and you can be like, wow, what a beautiful culture. But you can also argue both sides. You yeah. can, I mean, I would not want to be present in that moment <laughs> when that happened. Absolutely not. So you can, you just as easily can sympathize and embody the, the Westerners that come into this culture and mm-hmm. don't understand it. Mm-hmm. I think that's important in every culture, but I think it's important that we find some sort of balance. And once again, it's a boundary that is going to be difficult to establish because it's different for everyone. Yeah. What is what can't be justified through culture? I don't think murder can be just justified through culture. So, yeah, like, yeah. even though I can understand Mitsumar and go, yeah, it's beautiful, and that culture is beautiful, and I think the practices are rooted in something that is beautiful, and I don't think it's right. I don't think you can kill people just yeah, because. You can't just bring people against their will and, like. You can't, but you can't kill people and say, oh, it's just my culture, it's just our religion, it's just what we believe. Yeah, you know? no, there's obviously certain boundaries. And so there are other boundaries as well that I think. It's, that's what I'm saying. It can be very, it can be a very muddy way to look at things, but like, it can be hard to set a boundary because if you, if you're a feminist and you're intersectional, yes, you have to take other people's cultures and religions and lived experience and race and ethnicity into account. Mm -hmm. But there are also practices that are oppressive that we need to recognize. We need to recognize. And it's easy to say, 
I mean, if you've ever been in a state where you've been oppressed in any way and you were liberated out of that oppression, you can see how easy, easy it becomes to be trapped in that mm. and to defend it, mm. to say, no, but it's just the way we do things or whatever. And then later you realize, yeah, well, maybe we shouldn't do things this way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I think it's just really reflecting on life and on like, yeah. Yeah. But that's what I'm saying. Like, I don't think, so I don't think it's my decision to make what's oppressive for you. Yeah, no. That's but I can I mean. ask you. Mm. I can have a conversation with you. Mm. And if I can engage with you on that level, even if in that moment you're defensive about it, that, it's not my job to push you any further. It's just my job to ask. Yeah, and if yeah. that in turn triggers reflection within you to go, I don't know if this is liberating to me or it's just something I've always done because someone told me to do it. Mm. Great. And if it doesn't, okay, you are on your own journey. Trust your process. Yeah. And remember also the first instinct to questioning your beliefs is always to be, what's the word? Like to be angry about it. To be angry, but also to be defensive. Defensive, that's the word. To be defensive, to be about, defensive about it. That was an incredible learning curve in our degree. Sure. They're absolutely, um, our lecturers did a fantastic job of questioning everything that you do everything that we did and all our beliefs and all our ideologies and bringing them to the forefront and saying do you really believe this or is this something society or told did you? you just grow up like that is this something your mom told you yeah is this something your dad told you and it's triggering in the beginning it's very hard to you're like how dare you yeah it's very hard to <laughs> think about Jesus. these things <laughs> yeah it's and also and we had to question those things there was a ourselves. there was a lot of racial discussion where they were kind of opposing groups and the one thing i remember so clearly is there was a group of people who said i don't see color oh <gasps> yeah and that and this was is a big thing and that was seen as like a beautiful thing everyone was like you don't see color amazing and our lecturers were like maybe that's problematic they why like, don't you see it okay but if you're not seeing the color then you're not recognizing the, the person and the person the lived experience because of that difference yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. and Did people were very defensive in the beginning yeah they were like but not seeing culture is equal and they're like yeah but not really no not really because that is kind of like mm, i don't even know what to call it like a colonial mindset like just erasure yeah is equality no it's not though yeah it's not no it's not it's not you have to like you have to recognize, recognize the person, the lived experience, everything that went into that existence yeah. to get to a point of equality. Yeah. And equality, once again, liberation for you is not liberation for me. So equality doesn't look the same for everybody. Right. We have to recognize that. Otherwise, we cannot move forward. I love that. It doesn't look the same for everyone. I think that also comes into play. play. What is that? sentence? I keep wanting to say it comes into and then I don't know how to finish it. Comes into play, yeah. Comes into play. Comes into play when? I don't know what I'm saying. <laughs> what did you say? What did you say? <laughs> this is another just thing that always happens in our discussions. <laughs> yeah. We would be so deep into something and it would end so abruptly with what happened? <laughs> the train of thought is going, going, and then there's just a tunnel. Gone. <laughs> emptiness. Oh, I wanna I wanna bring in um Deleuze and Guattari, the folding of skin. And all of that, because I feel like, yes, we learned that during like feminism 101 kind of vibe, but it links to all of this equality. What that lady said, well, because it's look, it's taking mm. away the binary. But then again, whenever I think of that term of like taking away the binary, I, I just have flashbacks of um, Carla saying, but we live within the patriarchy. You can't erase it. So well, how do it? we redefine it? Yeah, we want to redefine it and dismantling the patriarchy means changing the language. Yeah. But, um, I, oh, this is what I wanted to say. Mm -hmm. In that differences, right? In those differences we see between people, like that lady did to you, that is othering. Yeah. Because she goes, in that moment, you are, she othered you because you said, I'm Muslim. And she immediately said, this girl is something different from the rest of us. Mm -hmm. We are something and she is not. We are this and she is other than this. And through othering you in that experience, othering is like, 
I don't want to say the root of all evil, but like it is. But it is. It's the starting point. If you see a difference between you and someone else as them being other, it's so easy to take that that other and attach labels to it, like weak, inferior, um, primitive. Yeah. That's when you have to catch yourself. Because yes, we say recognize the differences between you and others, but not in a way that is recognizing the difference doesn't mean demeaning for them yeah but recognizing the difference doesn't mean i can't see the similarities right doesn't mean i i don't i cannot see you as a human being at the end of the day i don't disagree with everything that you say i don't have to believe everything you say but i can still respect you as i respect myself and others yeah that's the point it's you don't have to agree with everyone like you said no Mm. recognizing the difference is not agreeing no it's yeah understanding and moving on you don't have to agree with the difference. I'm just because I understand why you're Muslim and I celebrate you in that does not mean I am going to change who I am for that. And yeah. I don't have to. And you don't have and to. And I don't expect you to. Also. Exactly. It's accommodating an existence with both of us and understanding how I can do things to make your life easier. Like simply put, if I'm with your family, what is respectful in that moment? Mm. I'm not Muslim, but what is respectful if I go to your wedding? I'm not yeah. going to wear a strap top yeah, exactly. because that's not respectful to, me, to you. And that's not changing who you are no. or your beliefs. No, that's it's accommodating. Yes. It's, it's not changing the course of my life. It's changing a moment to accommodate. Mm. Just as you can do the same thing for me. It's yeah. not... That's what I'm saying. Like It's easy to say, oh, other, whatever. Because then you don't have to do the work. Yeah. If you other that's someone, the easy way out. If you other someone or something for some experience, it's so easy to go, okay, well, they're just different. So I don't have to deal with it. I don't have to think about it. I don't have to deal with it. I don't have to understand you, get to know you, find a way that we can mutually exist and whatever. And that's not to say that sometimes there won't be moments of, I don't understand your Mm -hmm. attention. I don't understand why you're doing this and I don't want to accommodate you in that. Mm. it's not always wrong to not accommodate someone but there can be discussion from that to say but why don't you want to accommodate me and oftentimes actually it will highlight something in yourself that you didn't even realize was a problem in your ideology so that's where i think Deleuze and Qatari comes in because if i can recognize it's easy to other people and i can recognize a binary that is othering because if I say I'm a woman and you're a man, that's othering. Mm. Or you're a man and I'm a woman. Yeah. Othering. And so if we take Deleuze and Guattari, Deleuze and Guattari said that we shouldn't look at men and women as to... They said as because of the... Is it Freud? That yeah. said like women are lacking. Yes. Because of the, you know, phallus. Um, then Deleuze and Guattari said we shouldn't see women as lacking and men as having, but rather we're just, our skin is just folded differently. So yeah, yeah, that's exactly it. Yeah. So Freud's argument was that men have something that inherently women don't have. And in fact, they have the opposite of it. Men have a phallus, women have a hole. That is lacking. That is the opposite of you have less than. Mm. So you are less than us. We have more than you. You are inherently inferior. All the stuff that goes along with that. Deleuze and Guattari said, but even if that is true, not all women look the same and not all men look the same. Right. So if we want to look at the differences, look at the differences between you also. And also there's people that exist within that spectrum that might not be men. It's not a binary also, like being male or female. Exactly. And so in that, Stop looking at the physical difference and saying, oh, I have a muscle. I have a phallus. I have my, my feet are three times bigger than yours. You're Size s- 13, 90. <laughs> <laughs> Girl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But your skin is just folded, well, folded differently than mine. Looking at it like that is very, like, equalist. <laughs> very equalist. Are we going to adopt that term now? Equalist. <laughs> I'm an equalist. Because it's, it's not, it's already not defining something within the binary yeah um and it's also changing language right which is exactly what 
what this lady's trying to achieve. Actually, I should look for her name so that yeah, we can mention her. But Hi guys, Future Me here. It's a TED talk by Professor Betsy Cairo and it's called Why I'm Not a Feminist. Changing the language, not changing language itself. Because language itself is always going to be It's going to be set, but the language that we use, if we change the language that we use, we change everything. Right. We change ideology. We change the way that we approach things and see the world and approach others. Mm. If you're not a man, and I'm not a woman, just because of how we look, mm. but we're just folding of our skin, yeah. and you get to identify with who you are, that immediately erases the issue of biological determinism. Yeah, <laughs> which right? is which obviously is problematic in itself. We know that if you care about biology at all, you absolutely need to recognize the fact that XY chromosomes differ inherently. Mm -hmm. So you can't say, well, your chromosomes are XY because some people's chromosomes are XXY. Mm. Girly. That's not a way <laughs> to determine things. Girly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no. And also just like, like you were saying, yes, I have more muscle than this person or whatever. That doesn't mean yeah. I'm more manly than them. Or whatever, yeah. like it's just it's the binary, dude. I need to we need to stop talking in the binary. It's so freaking annoying. I mean, it's not easy to do that because it's, no, it's yeah. the binary is all we existed in. It's all oh, we've no. ever existed in. That's why small changes. That's why I can agree with this lady and say small changes to the language that we use every day is is the way. It's mm. the only way I can see as breaking free of the binary, the patriarchy, the oppression that is that is inherently in using gendered language. Mm. And yes, you can say men can be feminists. Absolutely. Men can be feminists and feminism can work for men. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. But if we use the term equalist, that takes gender out of the equation, mm. which I think is the way forward. It's the way to go. It is definitely because like we said, a lot of people run away from feminism because they think it's only for women or because whatever it's also othering. Because it is othering. Yeah. Just the like, term itself. I'm a feminist. I am feminine. You are not that. Yeah. That's othering. Yeah. So if you don't want that to happen, how do you change that? You change the language around it. Yeah. It's not a, it won't be an easy thing ever to understand, adopt, use. Use and practice. Yeah. But it's the same thing as getting used to someone saying, hi, I would no longer like to identify as she, I'm not there. It's mm -hmm. not easy for the first, what, 10 times you see them. Yeah. You focus at it. It's gone. It's easy. You know it now. Yeah. It's working. <laughs> it's working. Wow. Wow. I love when we have informative discussions. Yeah, I love it. And I love the fact that we're like, that you saw that video of that lady because now we're taking the conversation forward. We're not just talking about everything we already know. Yeah. Feminism and whatever. And it's men, easy to talk about feminism. Yeah. And all of that. I was going to say bullshit, but it's not bullshit. <laughs> it's not bullshit, but it's sometimes it can feel like it because it's hard. Yeah, it's hard. And that's the thing also like with feminism. Like I'm just, I'm also tired of having to always explain to people like you can identify as a feminist. Like don't be scared of it. Yeah, I think my thing is like, I kind of have this go-to thing where if people are like, I'm not a feminist. I'm like, do you believe in equality? Do you believe everyone deserves equal rights? Yeah. Yes, you're a feminist. But now I, that's what I did yesterday when this lady had her discussion. She's mm. like, I am not a feminist. I believe in equality. I was like, you're a feminist. Yeah. And then she was like, but if we change the language, I was like, oh, okay. Okay, girly, I can see. <laughs> I see you. I can see where we're going with yeah, this. And now, I mean, if someone says, I believe in equality, you're an equalist. That's very easy to understand. Yeah. Very easy. Very easy. Mm. That doesn't mean it's not going to take the same amount of effort to educate people on what that equality means. Right. But I mean, we're, we're going somewhere. And I that's agree. Good. And that's not to say like feminism sucks, like it's stupid because no, no one understands it. It's like, just changing. We needed the movements when it ha when they happened and like it if got it us wasn't, to Yeah, if it wasn't hard. for, not to say that there weren't flaws in it inherently, but if it wasn't for first wave feminism and second wave, we wouldn't be here, mm. but we are here. Mm -hmm. And what do we do with it going forward? Yeah. We can either have it be a movement that no longer fits the times, that is something that is 
that does that, that others people that makes us feel that makes people feel uncomfortable, makes certain people feel women, men, anyone on the gender spectrum mm. feel like they cannot be part of that movement yeah. because of the language. Or we can have it be inclusive, how we want things to be. That's the future that I want. Yeah. I want people to feel included. Dude, it's like when we spoke about like universities and stuff and like the readings that we had to do in varsity that were so like it was like this elite, like, if you don't understand the language, then you can't be educated. Yeah. And that's so fucked up because, like... <laughs> I... We did a... <laughs> I'll never forget this. We did a conference on decolonization. Yes. And I had to record a session. And I have never... I've never sat through something so tone deaf. This professor was giving a lecture on how elitist universities are through the language that they use. And she wrote a paper on it to explain her views, to say that we should decolonize the language we use in universities because inherently that is elitist and classist. And so if you come from specific backgrounds or certain other backgrounds, you don't have access to that or it's harder for you to have access to that, which makes it an opportunity that isn't equal. So it has to be decolonized, which I agree with. Mm. But her paper was written in the most classist language I've ever heard in my life. Yeah. She used, it's like she went to the dictionary and used the biggest word she could find and just put it in there. And I'm like, you're like, but you're doing the same thing. How can you say, yo, we need to decolonize this and not use these massive words that is outdated that no one use anymore. It's kind of archaic. It sounds like you're speaking in Shakespearean tone. Right. But then that's what you're doing you while do you're- the exact same thing. Yeah. It was very tone deaf, but it's, yeah. that is the truth. It's so important. I didn't realize until I listened to this lady's discussion that language, I mean, I did realize that language is important because the binary is focused on that, but I never thought, actively thought about like how minuscule changes in language can affect movements. Mm. I was like, yes, we need to change our language in terms of referring to gender, in terms of referring to sexuality, but not to movements. If you change the language of a movement, you change the, the movement. movement. Yeah, definitely. We need to make it something beautiful and accessible. And it's... I think it, like, yeah, it comes down to accessibility for me. I think yeah, that's the most important thing. And that's if we start to dismantle the language and how we speak about movements, we can dismantle the language to so many other things, like universities, where you can call it what you want. You can call it decolonization, you can call it dismantling, you can call it freedom of oppression, you can call it liberation, you can call it whatever you want. But at the end of the day, yes, you need to re uh, retain a certain amount of professionalism in universities and in those structures. Right. But that doesn't mean it has to be elitist, classist, excluding, othering, because of, especially in our country, we live in a country where we need everybody to be educators for everyone else mm. and we need education to be absolutely accessible to everyone because our society is already in a space where education is hard yeah. it's almost unattainable for, for a large majority yeah and so if if me writing a paper and publishing it can be accessible to everybody in the country they can take that paper and read it and understand it and understand it that's, that's the thing that's making education accessible like why the fact that we literally had to go through the whole of first year just going through readings like line by line and breaking down to how, understand how to understand this language like that's not accessible and normal everyday people like not that people yep. you know what i'm saying like now that we're out of university rather we're not going to sit and find these readings and like spend all that time on it again to try and understand what people are saying. Yeah. Like, just write it in a way that I can understand it quickly, dude. Like, what? Exactly. We don't have time for this anymore. Exactly. Like, and it's part of that thing, like, well, if you don't pay tuition, you don't deserve access to this knowledge. Oh, if you don't have a degree, you don't deserve access. What kind of thinking is that? What kind of, dude? And then the worst part, I think, about all of this is not just that the readings we found beforehand mm. were difficult, hard to consume, hard to break down but then that we were forced to write in the same tone. Oh, yeah. Because if you write and it's too 
simple. It's too understandable. Too it's too digestible. Then it's not professional. Yeah. And that, to me, is the same concept as saying, you're a woman, but you can't be taken seriously in a professional industry without wearing clothes that a man would wear. Oh you have God. to wear a suit. Yeah. You have to tie your hair back, wear minimal makeup, look like a man, mm. try to conform to this masculine world in order to be taken seriously. Yeah. If you walk into a, like the, I, the idea is that if you walk into an establishment that is professional and you wear a pink frilly dress, your hair is poofy and you wear pink makeup, that is not professional and you cannot be it's taken not, seriously. And they won't take you seriously. That's the problem. And that's the same problem with the language. If my language is too casual, then I can't be taken seriously. Mm. Suddenly my education is not as important as yours. Suddenly my education doesn't mean quite as much as yours does. And what's the thinking behind that? It's again the elitism, like... It is. Oh no, this is too informal. Like, oh, it's not as important as something that feels it's, like I need to spend three hours on it to understand one page. Yeah, it's like, it's weak. It's yeah. weaker. Your arguments are weaker because you don't use the, the language that I prefer. Excuse me? Sorry, what? <laughs> yeah, no, that I don't believe in that at all. I really think that language, not language, um, these kinds of topics should be written in a way that are more accessible. And I think that's why um, like these video essays on YouTube have become such a big niche on the platform. Because people just want information given to them, presented to them in a way that's digestible. That's digestible. Like we're all busy. We're all our lives are going at three hundred times speed. We don't have time to sit and try to digest three pages of just explain to me what what do you mean by I'm not a feminist. I'm an equalist. Like <laughs> give it to me quick, babe. <laughs> there know? are there are articles that explain this is the this is the only this is the crux the the. The message, the information in that article is feminism means wanting equal rights. That's the crux. But that thing is 12 pages. It's only elitist language. It takes you hours and hours to digest. And then you're like, you wanted to tell me one sentence? And then people are like, why aren't people educated? Why, why don't people they... take the time to educate themselves? Because you don't make it accessible for me to educate myself. Exactly. Love the general that. population, I think, maybe I'm, maybe I, I have a misconstrued idea, but I don't think the general population goes onto Google Scholar and says, what is feminism? What is the patriarchy? And sits here and reads 12 page articles to understand one term. I, I haven't think, been on Google Scholar no. since I graduated. Yeah, I think most people go to YouTube or go to their friends for that information. If that information is accessible and easily digestible, then there's more conversations happening around that information. So if you're actually a scholar, you're actually someone who wants to be taken seriously, why do you, why would you not want conversations to happen about your work, about your ideas? Why would you then not use the language that is accessible to everyone? It just doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. It's classist. And it's othering yeah. in the nature. Because you're other, because you're not smart enough to understand. Nice. <laughs> nice. <laughs> nice. I just feel like we spoke about it. Like it, we rounded it off. It's perfect. It's perfect. beautiful. Yeah. I saw this morning, I saw a video of someone. And I can't remember. The caption was like, this man hasn't flirted with someone since 1830 or some shit. But he's like trying to flirt with the girl in the car and he's like <laughs> that's literally for everyone listening he's literally just like thumbs, thumbs up. up like nice. nice and that was literally the image i saw in my head when you went nice <laughs> literally just, three hour discussion on feminism all the shit i'm like nice <laughs> nice thanks so much this... <laughs> check <laughs> beautiful discussion on feminism completed nice done yeah I mean, what else is there to say? <laughs> Don't be classes. <laughs> Don't be an asshole. <laughs> That's this week's homework, guys. Let's fuck up the binary. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think when you think about the binary, though, like everything you say becomes like the 
Yes, it's the binary. No, my brain turns to mush when I think of the, the binary. Like what language fits into that? Oh, everything girly. Everything. everything. If this is green, what is not green? Binary. <gasps> what was that line of something about defining yourself by what you're not? It goes back to the whole like fellas and women mm, lacking mm. all of that. Blah, blah, blah. It, yeah, it was saying that oh this is what it so she explained it very simply because i was like girl what is this <laughs> and her simple explanation was that if something isn't love then what is it mm. it's hate mm. so if you're not a man what, what are, you? are you and that's the same thing with queer theory this is a different discussion but i'm just going to mention it briefly so if you're not a woman but you're not a man what are you? Mm. Then, so if you identify as, this is what we spoke about in that moment, so that's what I'm going to mention now. If you identify as a lesbian, you are not a woman in the mind of the patriarchy and the binary. You're also not a man. But you are, you identify to them with masculine traits because you like women. Mm. Therefore, you're other, but you're also a threat. Dude, like, yeah, people really need to stop thinking in the binary. Because you see how complicated it gets. It gets very complicated very, very quickly. And that's <coughs> what causes violence. Oh, I had a thought now. It's leaving me. No, come back. <laughs> Don't leave. <laughs> oh, I saw a TikTok. <laughs> of, and I thought this was so interesting. And it kind of ties back to what you were saying. Of the male gaze. And how... Oh, this girl was just saying, she was like, sorry, girlies, to break it to you. But because there's this whole trend on TikTok that it's like, I'm not dressing for the male gaze, I'm dressing for the female gaze. She was like, you not dressing for the male gaze is you. What did she say? She was like having a male voyeur within you because not dressing for the male gaze is still presenting yourself to the male gaze. It's seeing yourself through the male gaze and then saying, Okay, I'm just not going to do that. Yeah, because you being opposed to something or being, um, like, not conscious of something is still the male gaze. Yeah, it is. Oh, it's the just male so gaze deep, is, a, is also a different topic, but the male gaze is very interesting and hard to swallow. Yeah, and it goes back to the binaries because now people are like, okay, no, the female gaze. Mm. But you're still in the binary. It's still in the binary. How are you going to escape it? It's... And it's looking at it like, okay, if this is the male gaze, then the opposite of that must, be, must the be the female gaze. And it's not like that. But the the male gaze is interesting because it's, I think that's that's a, a very hard topic because it does inherently make you question yourself, all of us. Yeah. Because we, we adopt the male gaze ourselves. Yeah. And we look at ourselves and others through that same gaze and we measure ourselves and other people. With that same gaze. gaze. And that's my thing also. Like, the f in my opinion, the female gaze doesn't exist. It can't. Girly! <laughs> oh my god, you're just going to drop the bomb? <laughs> I didn't know that. 53 minutes what? in. <laughs> I don't believe in the female gaze. No. Whoa. To me, it doesn't exist because of exactly what we just said. Mm. If something's a male gaze, the opposite of that would be the female gaze, mm. in quotations. But that is still within the male gaze, so therefore it doesn't exist. Hmm. I don't agree with that. I don't disagree with what you just said, I just right. don't agree with that. I agree that there is a female gaze, I just don't think it's the opposite of the male gaze. Okay, what do you think the female gaze is then? I think the female gaze lies in all of us who lie, who identifies feminine. And you can also have feminine traits as a man or as a masculine person or as a person who doesn't identify as a woman. So don't confuse the two. Mm. But if you have feminine qualities or you have, you're in a feminine state of being, there are things that are absolutely part of the, the female gaze to me. So I think things like muscles and all this stuff, mm. that's the male gaze. Mm. That's literally how men look at themselves and think they're superior. But I think, I think the female gaze is not looking at things as inferior or superior, just looking at them as existing. So if I, okay. 
For instance, Primo goes to me is, I look, for me, I look at a man that is not generally considered as handsome or the idea of handsome. I don't look at that man and go, he's not handsome because whatever. I look at him as the person and see that vein on his arm is so beautiful. Mm. The way he holds his head is beautiful. The way she crosses her legs, that's beautiful. Not because they're legs, mm. not because there's a sexual intent behind mm, it, but just because of its essence. That's me as a female gets. Wow, that's beautiful. Hmm. Well, okay. I'll have to think about it. The thing is, I, I, don't, I don't. I'm not saying that you're wrong for not. No, no, no. It. I know. I'm just saying, like, I guess also the way that I've always thought about the male and female gaze is through, obviously, TV and, mm. and through stuff. that binary. So through that, I'm like, mm, the female gaze doesn't exist. Yeah, because, like, not to say this is what's happening, but I think a lot of people don't identify with the female gaze that is shown in popular popular culture. First of all, because it is that the opposite of the male gaze, but also because the female gaze is going to different, differ for everybody. Mm. Just because that's the female gaze to me, now I'm showing you what my female gaze is, and you're looking at it and you're like, but I don't identify with that. Yeah. But that's the thing, that's the problem, I think, because the female gaze that I've been seeing, like on TikTok, Instagram, whatever, is still the male gaze. Like, people don't get it. Yeah. <laughs> so that's what I don't agree with, I think. Yeah, but the, yeah. you can decolonize that for yourself by saying... Okay, if it's not that to me, what is it? Yeah. You look at it in a very, like, yin and yang kind of, not yin and yang, like, divine feminine kind of way. I think so. I think the way that you just phrased, like, your idea of the female gaze, that's what I would define as, like, feminine, divine feminine. <laughs> feminine, I was going to say feminine, divinity. Divinity. <laughs> okay. Okay, guys. I think I'm finished. I'm no. all feminist out. Feminism. The, the feminine in me is now. Wow, the second. I didn't even mention what I wrote in my bookie. We're but gonna have many more episodes. It has no point to be in this video. So. Okay. Will you mention it another time? Yeah. Okay, guys. Thank you so if much you for made it this far. watching. You made it this far <laughs> through this treacherous road. We went through the trenches today. Um. Well, obviously communicate with us and tell us what your thoughts and views are on this and what you think and if you disagree with things that we said or agree with things that we said okay have, <laughs> a, have a lovely day have a lovely you've day you've already checked out yeah i've checked out okay namaste, namaste. bye bye